Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Over there? Over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food. It's sand. We don't eat sand. Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at foreignlearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. Good morning, good morning, and welcome to Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. I'm your host, Joy Keys. I want to thank you so much for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter.com slash Joy Keys. And you can become a fan on Facebook. Just look up Saturday Mornings with Joy Keys. And now I'm on Instagram. Yeah, a lot of great pictures. If you tag me, you might win a prize. You guys know I give away movie tickets and books and all types of things. So definitely follow, become a fan, or tag on uh, Instagram so that you can stay uh, in tune with the prizes. I just want to say thank you to you guys for listening. Wow, you know, we're past a million downloads. I think it's like a million two hundred thousand something, but just I'm amazed at that fact, and I want to say thank you to the listeners. I'm glad that you're enjoying the shows. I hope that you've learned something and that you've been able to share them with friends and family. Again, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and uh, listening. Well, today we're talking about a really important topic. This month is Down Syndrome Awareness Month. Now, of course, you should be aware all throughout the year. It shouldn't just be a month. But uh, this particular month, we're trying to focus and bring awareness to Down syndrome and what it is and who's affected by it and where they can get assistance. Their families and friends can understand what's going on. Uh, So today, I have a specialist, if you will, from the Global Down Syndrome Foundation, uh, David Charmette. Uh, Good morning, David. Good morning. Good morning, Joy. Thank you for having me on on the show. Thank you again for calling in. Um, I know it's a little earlier for you than me. I think you're uh, in the Denver out there. It's like nine nine o'clock or so out there. Yeah, we're two, two hours behind you. Uh, not not okay. like people think centuries behind you. Just a couple hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about the snow, and I had a whole misconception that you're like you know hip deep in snow out there, and you're like, oh, we don't even need four wheel drive. <laughs> Yeah, if you've been here, you know that the Denver area itself is kind of rolling hills like a lot of other cities. The mountains, even though we're at 5,000 feet, um, which has its other you know pluses because 
um, you know, the, the intense sun um, is great for lots of things, including outdoor activities and so forth. But it also, as mm. you mentioned, with the snow, it melts it very quickly. So uh, we don't have the per, you know persistent uh, snow that you'd find in other parts of the country. It pretty much was gone in 24 hours. The mountains get right, snow right. days. Um, which is great. That's where it belongs, up in the mountains. <laughs> up in the mountains. Keep it there. So now let's talk about Down syndrome. You know, when you see someone with Down syndrome, you notice uh, different uh, things about their face um, is a little flat. Um, their eyes seem very almond. Um, they have sometimes small ears, these different features, and it kind of throws you, and you have misconceptions about their physical capabilities and their mental capabilities. Let's start at the beginning. What exactly is Down syndrome? Okay, Down syndrome is a genetic condition. Uh, it's not a disease. It's an ailment. Uh, you know, it's not a virus. It, it's a genetic condition. And what it is is we all have chromosomes, right? We all uh, Typical people have uh, 23 pairs of chromosomes, so 46 chromosomes. A person with Down syndrome has an extra chromosome, and that chromosome mm. sits on the smallest chromosome, chromosome 21. So uh, Down syndrome is basically just a trisomy. Trisomy 21 is what it's technically called because there's a third chromosome on chromosome 21. And because of that, uh, that one anomaly uh, leads to various um, other physiological genetic changes or differences between people with Down syndrome and typical population. And some of those are, are as you said, um, uh, are features that you might notice. But uh, for the most part, people with Down syndrome are much, much more like typical people than unlike typical people. Uh, the only differences really come into, uh, besides some, you know, some, again, some diminutive stature, so usually a smaller size, um, some other issues uh, um, with weight and things like that that can come as part of this. Um, is also low muscle tone, and, and, and so that also leads to some um, uh, you know, less active uh, kids and adults. So we have to push them a little harder to be active. But the real you now, know, the David, real let me is, let me just interrupt yeah. you, David. Let me mm -hmm. interrupt you real quick here. What exactly causes Down syndrome? Is it environmental? I mean, you said genetic, but are, is there any environmental factors involved? Is it food? Is it is it um, too much electrical power in the area? Um, well, not far as we know. I mean, basically, it, there's okay. know, like, like many conditions. There's there's some um, you know genetic familial you know. So if you have some um, uh, tendency within your family to have Down syndrome, just like twins and other genetic conditions, you're a little bit more mm. predisposed to it um, within your family line. Um, but again, as a percentage, most times familial uh, lines, it's 10% or less uh, more likelihood than the general population. It's not like it's hugely different. Um, so very small percentage okay. um, have the you know the familial line, and, and if you have a member of your family with Down syndrome, a close member, you know, blood relative, um, then you have a, a better chance or a higher chance of having someone with Down syndrome in your family. However, the other reasons are kind of unknown. It's it's. I mean, we're all mutants in different ways. Our genetics are all mm -hmm. a bit different from one another, and the combination of factors is somewhat infinite. I mean, um, so Down syndrome is one of those outcomes. And in reality, people with Down syndrome, you could argue, are somewhat superhuman. You know, they, you know I wouldn't say like X-Men kind of superhuman, but, <laughs> but they are But they are superhuman because in reality is, is the body, you know, the woman's you know, physiology should reject um, any kind of embryo that has, you know, uh, major issues, right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and the trisomy is one that would be picked up. And there are other types of trisomy, uh, not just on trisomy uh, 
being on on uh, chromosome 21, you know, is on 13, 18. There are different types, right. even those, and they're and even on some other chromosomes. But those are the three that are most likely known. Okay, um, David, let me ask you. Let me ask you. How uh, does a mother know that the baby has uh, Down syndrome? What tests are given to the mother? Or or does she have to wait until after they're born? But I believe there's a test they can take beforehand, correct? Uh, yes, there's actually two sets of tests. Ones are called non-invasive prenatal testing, or NIPTs, and they have other names that are used for them. And then they're invasive prenatal tests. The ones that are usually taken first and earliest in the first uh, trimester, uh, usually 10 to, to 13 weeks, uh, our blood, simple blood serum tests, and there's two types of those, ones that measure proteins and one measure fragments of, of DNA. Um, and okay. from that test, it'll tell you a likelihood. These are called screening tests. They're not called diagnostic tests because they're not um, as accurate, so there's a little bit more error on the plus side and minus side. In other words, they sometimes are false positive, mm-hmm. sometimes they're false negative. They're fairly high. They're in, you know, they're in the 90-ish range, depending on how when they're done and how well they're done. But they still have some error rate. But they can show an indication towards Down syndrome or other conditions. Um, then there is an invasive blood test and the one that, you know, or or testing in general. Um, you know, but we'll go with the standard one that people tend to know, which is like amniocentesis. Um, yes, that's mm-hmm, done 15 mm-hmm. weeks or so into pregnancy. Um, and, and there's also uh, uh, chorionic villus, <coughs> excuse me, villus sampling, which is again, it's it's a similar type of test, but they're basically they're invasive. They actually uh, have a higher risk, a slightly higher risk of miscarriage because they are uh, getting fluids and then amnio in that case from um, you know uh, from the sac around the the fetus. So you know, obviously anything that can puncture could cause some problems. So yeah, I mean that so, would be very nervous. When I was pregnant, I remember. Uh, you know, trying to, you just had to sit still. It's it's kind of a little nerve-wracking for the mother and uh, so many things, like you said, um, it's, it's such a delicate area. Now, let's, let's can someone um, die having Down syndrome? What is their pre, because in the earlier years, they didn't have that much, uh, they didn't live that long. Um, right, if but, you go back um, to Now they seem step- to live longer, yes. Yes, if you go back, let's, let's just take a quick history here, right? If you go back to early part of last century, um, people with Down syndrome in general didn't last past two years old. Very few at mm. all ever made it to 10. Um, you know, that was pretty much so miraculous, and usually there were some of the factors which are true today are true were true then, which is family contact, keeping the kid in the family helps. But people with Down syndrome are born with certain other um, which is sometimes called comorbidities, but other conditions that they're either more sensitive to or less sensitive to. And one of the okay. things that 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 has a high propensity um, is actually having holes or or slightly uh, 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 malformed or underformed uh, heart vessels and, and valves and so forth. So, because of the fact that we have better surgery and all the rest of that, um, you know, as far as medical advances over the last hundred years. Um, mm-hmm. those things can be repaired very early on. Uh, so even 30 years ago, the life expectancy of a person with Down syndrome was only 25 to 30 years old. But now, okay. 30 years later, it's 55 or 60, and we have people with Down syndrome living into their 70s. And, and part of that is because of medical care. Kept, people are kept at home, like I said before. But you can have heart surgery, and sometimes in the first six months of life, they will have to have a, 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 their heart um, worked on in order to fix the holes or, or valve issues that they have. But once that's the case, 
Jewish people with Down syndrome rarely have any other heart issues the rest of their life, like strokes and heart attacks are, are, are fairly much non-existent so far in the population. Um, they also are prone now, to... Now, how about uh, mental capacity? Yeah. Let, let's, David, let's talk because this is one of the, I think, bigger preconceptions because we can't see inside the person. We can't see their heart or any other physical issues they're going through. But when someone um, who does not have Down syndrome looks at someone who's Down syndrome, unfortunately they kind of look down on them and they think maybe they're not as smart or not as capable, but that's not true. People with Down syndrome can hold jobs, can live independently, um, can go to school alongside people who don't have Down syndrome. This is correct. Yes, David? Yes. I mean, many of our of our, um, our kids and adults with Down syndrome are mainstreaming across the board and doing everything the typical population is. But when you ask about, the, I guess, the most relative way of looking at it is the IQ range of a person with Down syndrome, you know, as far as we've been able to measure, can range 60 points, from, for argument's sake, from okay. 30 to, to a 90 IQ. And 90 IQ is, is on the normal range. Um, so it's not like it's one thing, because each individual, this is the interesting thing about this, because of the genetic condition, is each individual has a whole series of different um, um, ailments, conditions, but they also have a huge range in IQ. Um, so we have kids who are going to college, which, again, kind of when you tell people that we have kids with Down syndrome who are off to college, they didn't even think they could graduate elementary school, much less graduate high school mm. or go on to college. Um, right, because, right. I mean, there are obviously some difficulties in learning. There's some kids that can't speak or speak well, um, you know, okay. because, of, because of the condition. Um, there, You know, there are various connective tissues that are, are they're similar between people with Down syndrome, but for the most part, each individual has a different, as, as one of our doctors, Dr. Espinosa, who's an expert in cancer research, who moved over from doing just cancer to doing, doing Down syndrome research and Down syndrome and cancer mm-hmm. connectivity, he says that, you know, every, you know it's, like a, it's like if you've got a hand of playing cards, each kid has a different hand, um, you know, and each yes. card would represent a particular condition. So almost every person with Down syndrome has the pathology for early onset Alzheimer's. But don't, and by okay. and so basically by 30 to 40 years old, almost um, all of them have the plaques and tangles that are growing in their brain that would you would associate with Alzheimer's. But they disease. may or may not, they may or may not fully develop it. That's, that's right. The, they will not. Yeah, from what we've seen in research, about 55 percent when they turn 60 of that population will start getting the dementia that would you would associate with Alzheimer's disease. The other 45 percent or so don't, and that's why, from a research standpoint, it's such a very yeah, there's a lot of money and time going into them. In fact, we have one of the foremost, the guys, one of the guys who actually found the connection between Alzheimer's disease and Down syndrome, um, and the one who actually took it to the next level actually works with us at our Cernic Institute here in, in Denver, which has 29 Well, you guys labs. give a lot of, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, you guys give a lot of support for, for research. As a matter of fact, your organization, um, the history of it was based on, I believe, a, a, one of the only places that, uh, had educational um, research, support educational research for Down syndrome. Um, let's talk about, can people with Down syndrome have children? Um, because, uh, uh, you know, like you yes. said, uh, go ahead. Yes, they can, um, uh, but uh, few do, um, you know, because few okay. actually have long-term uh, monogamous relationships, but even though more and more do have more uh, long-term mm-hmm. monogamous relationships. But, yes, they can, um, but very, very rarely as it, as, as it occurred. Um, for varying reasons, now, another, but I'd say over time that probably will change. Yes, yes. Another misconception is that I read that they cannot feel pain. Is is that true? What, what is where did that come from? 
oh, that, why, you know, wives' tales. That's not true. I mean, they're again, they're more okay. like typical people. If you hurt someone, they're going to feel the pain. Um, what yes. you'll see is, yes. which what I think what part of that comes from is, is that people with Down syndrome in general have a very positive, very loving, very affectionate um, personality. They, and hugging is okay. really big in our population, our community. Everyone hugs everyone because there's a lot of hugging mm. going on. Uh, there's some kids, of course, who have some, some tactile issues, and they, they maybe not like it as much. But for the most part, everyone hugs. Everyone dances, too. We're a big dancing population, too. Um, so I think in some respects, I think some of the misperceptions are is that um, is because the kids are, and adults tend to be on a more positive disposition overall. Um, and, in fact, yes. even, even, you know, again, because our kids have – a high likelihood towards uh, childhood leukemias you know, in the first two years of life, but if they get past that, um, they have very low chance of getting uh, uh, a recurrence of leukemia in their lifetime. They also have a very mm-hmm. low sensitivity towards even hard cell tumors, which is why our research facilities are doing a lot of work on the connection between cancer and, and Down syndrome. But I think it's once you tell a kid or an adult in our population, you know, let's say they have to go that through chemotherapy, <laughs> right, and, and, they, yes. and they go through it and they understand it. Of course, the trepidation is there like it would be in any person who would go through that. But once they understand the process, um, they tend to take it in stride. It's just part of their day. I mean, repetition is mm-hmm. really important to reinforcement in general in the population. In our population is even more so. And so once they get, you know, sort of sensitized to, um, you know, to a situation then desensitized to it, um, they tend to be very, you know, very much going with the flow. Uh, and I think something right, that right. people take is not like, me, feeling anything or, or being not more, uh, uh, you know, moving you know, away from it. But I think it's just I think they've kind of found a way of coping with any change. And once mm-hmm. they find that mechanism, they just move on. David, let me, another, another uh, false thing that's floating around is that people are, that have Down syndrome came from in this ancestral relationship, and that is not true, correct? No, no, no. I mean, again, I mean, yes. everything that you can think of, in, you know, there are obviously some changes. There's some increase in likelihood um, when you're mm. when you're mi- when you're minimizing a gene pool, right, of any kind. If so, if you have, you know, an area, you can argue that where people have been, um, you know, interbreeding in a small community for a very long period of time, they are in, more inclined to more, a lot of different things, not just Down syndrome, because right, the not just gene Down syndrome, mm-hmm. limited. So. Yes, that's true, but again, it's true across the board. It's not necessarily specifically an issue with Down syndrome. Um, you know, again, I just, just to give people some perspective, because, because I'm kind of jumping a little bit here, what Global Down Syndrome Foundation does is we're a fundraising arm, and we fundraise for clinical care, for fundamental research, as well as education and advocacy for people with Down syndrome. And we have sister organizations, affiliates. One is called the Cernic Institute, and that does basic research. We have 29 labs, about 100 scientists, all in within a 60-mile area between Denver and mm-hmm. Boulder in Colorado, uh, all working on various aspects of Down syndrome research in its connectivity to cancer, autoimmune disorders, Alzheimer's disease, pulmonary issues, gastrointestinal. Let's mention right. your website. Let's mention yeah. that your website is globaldownsyndrome.org. Again, that's globaldownsyndrome.org. And you guys um, also have a lot of fun things going on, too. Um, I saw about the Be Yourself, Be uh, Be Beautiful, Be Yourself. Um, you have a dance, um, a dance parties. Talk, talk to us about the dance parties. Uh, yeah, we do a quarterly dance party. Um, actually, we have one coming up for the holidays. We just had one about a month ago. We, and that's for our adults because we have kid programs, which are a dare-to-play 
camps, which are cheerleading mm-hmm. and football and soccer and dance, and we're going to be adding in basketball and, and tennis and next year and expanding to more locations. So, But those, again, those run from kids all the way on up. Anyone can participate in those. Um, but yes. dance parties are more for our, you know, the, the older teens and into our adult crowd because as they get older, of course, you know, they obviously need to socialize. Everyone else does, but need more yes. reasons to do and more things that are age appropriate. So our dance parties um, are held at, at clubs downtown in Denver. Um, you know, we get anywhere from, you know, from 80 to 200 people easily come to our events. And I said, mm. so the music goes on, everyone gets up and dance, and everyone dances with everyone. <laughs> uh, it, it's That's just really a free for all. And, but you mentioned That's our be- beautiful Be Yourself Fashion Show, which is next Saturday, a week from tonight, um, mm-hmm. in Denver. It's the largest single fundraiser for Down syndrome in the United States. It might even be for, in, in the world the largest fundraiser. We raise about $2 million in a single evening, and that money goes oh, all to wow. research, awesome. research and medical care. So like our Cernic Institute and also our C-Center for Down Syndrome, which is a, a pediatric care facility for, for all our kids with Down Syndrome. Uh, and that goes from zero up to age 25. It, not, it goes beyond normal uh, you know, listing of, of what's considered a, a pediatric spectrum. Um, and part yes. of the reason for that is because the, because of the aging population, the, the medical community hasn't necessarily uh, kept pace with it. So there are lots of really good facilities around the country including ours, that do um, pediatric work, um, and, right. and that serves that population. But now as our population is getting older, um, there are very few. Yeah, they still need support. Yeah. yeah, there's very few actually full-time adult clinics that have people who specialize in treating adults with Down syndrome anywhere in the world, much less even in this country or this city. We happen to have a part, really good one part-time here in town, and next year uh, we are adding that as another affiliate to our group, is an adult clinic here in Denver, so we can take people from the research piece to pediatrics all the way through their adulthood, um, and be have that's wonderful. That is targeted that's... for the population, so they can maximize their lives potential. Yeah, it's really a shame that not just with Down syndrome, with a lot of other medical conditions, even um, people in my social work uh, work. Um, unfortunately, people are dropped off. Uh, after 21, they're like, well, they're an adult. But that doesn't mean they don't still have issues or problems. So right. having support, you know, as they get older, um, even having the, still having the same medical conditions is extremely important. I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing at the Global Down Syndrome Foundation. And I want to thank you for coming on today, and I wish you guys much success. I check globaldownsyndrome.org um, uh, on the web and find out how you guys can support and get involved with their organization. Um, and also, if you know someone who needs help or who has a child or an adult who has Down syndrome is looking for a community, if you will, um, direct them over to the globaldownsyndrome.org and uh, they can get some help. Uh, David, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all your knowledge this morning. Oh, thank you, Joy. Really appreciate it. Yes, and and and, and look for the news because uh, we have a lot of celebrities coming to our fashion show next week uh, and. Uh, you can, uh, Terrence Howard and Bo Bridges and Minka Kelly and then various athletes and, and other celebrities who have been part of our family like John C. McGinley and, um, and Beverly Johnson, the supermodel, are all part of our community. And we give out our, um, our uh, Quincy Jones Exceptional Advocacy Award. Quincy's been involved for a long time. And this year it's going to Jamie Brewer, who's the first woman mm-hmm. who was a model on, on, on Fashion Week in New York and also one of the co-stars on American Horror Story. So we have a whole 
we have 1,400 people coming to celebrate us. A whole bunch of stuff and, going on. <laughs> and it all ends with our kids and adults walking the runway and, and strutting their stuff um, for the crowd, which is just an amazing moment. So watch for it online. Watch for it on the news. It, it, it's something that you can really, really enjoy and put a smile on your face. So thank everyone for oh, that's great. And listening. Thank you so much, David, for coming on. And you have a wonderful weekend, okay? You too. Right, thank bye. you. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we were just speaking about Down syndrome and what it is and who is affected by it and where you can get assistance. Please check out the Global Down Syndrome uh, Organ Foundation there at globaldownsyndrome.org. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions out there that people think, you know, they can't feel pain. That's not true, that it's, um, you know, that people, the intellectual dis- uh, abilities are, are varied. Their physical abilities are varied, just as you and I are varied. Um, so don't assume that a person is one one way just because they have Down syndrome. Really um, reach out and learn more so that, you know, you just don't look ignorant, really. That's that's really the issue. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, you can follow me, Joy Keys, uh, at Joy Keys uh, on Twitter. Uh, you can become a fan on Facebook. Look up Saturday mornings with Joy Keys. And also check me out on Instagram. You guys have a wonderful weekend, and stay tuned. I'll be speaking with author Cynthia Bond about her book, Ruby, in a couple of minutes. Over there, over there's the water. Whoosh, whoosh. And look at all this stuff I'm standing on. It's called sand, and it's everywhere. This woman may sound silly to you and me. It's made up of little tiny pieces of rocks. Teeny little pieces of rocks. But to her two-year-old son exploring the world around him, she makes perfect sense. How does it feel when you touch the sand? Is it warm? Uh-huh. It's hard to hold in your hand, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Learning starts long before school does, and children are naturally curious. They want to learn, so follow their lead. Take simple, everyday moments, like sorting laundry or playing on the beach, and turn them into learning moments. Is this water? No. Very good. This is sand. Oh, no, no, it's not food, it's sand. We don't eat sand. (laughs) Turn everyday moments into learning moments. Find out how at PornLearning.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.